And the title of my message today is Living the Call Together. Living the Call Together. And we're going to be reading a portion, partly of a, of a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. He wrote this letter while he was in prison. And specifically, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. So you can go ahead and start preparing your, your Bibles and, and your device and, and read with us from Ephesians chapter 4. As you're turning there, I just want to say that Paul's letter to the Ephesians is different compared to many of the other New Testament letters. Like Romans, Ephesians was not written to address a problem to a particular church. It's to explain a great theme and doctrine of Christianity. Charles Spurgeon said this about the book of Ephesians. He said, the epistle to the Ephesians is a complete body of divinity. Whosoever would see Christianity in one treaty, let him read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the epistle of the Ephesians. So we're going to start at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, and it says this, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Can we go ahead and pray? Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to come and gather here today in your precious presence. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. I pray that the things that you've led me to study, you'd give me supernatural recall. The things that I have not studied that you desire to share with this particular group of people, come and have your way. This is your word with your pulpit and your people. And in Jesus' name, the church together prays and says, amen. Amen. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into the message. And we have a few people that are going to share at the end. So the first question that I have for you looking at this scripture is, what is the call? What is the call? We see in Ephesians verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, it's there for a reason. If you're there and you see I therefore and you don't have your seatbelt locked in, you need to just back up and read a little bit and have the Holy Spirit show you what he's saying. Because what he's saying here, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. He's about to break down and explain what he just finished talking about the the three previous chapters. He says, I therefore beseech you, I beg you, I encourage you, I urge you, church in Ephesus, to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. We see that he says this in, in, in the first chapter of Ephesians, that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. In the second chapter, he says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. And in the third chapter, man, the mystery of the salvation that was made known to him through the revelation of the Spirit. It wasn't just the mystery of salvation for just 
the Jews. It was also the mystery of salvation for Jews and Gentiles. Essentially what he's saying, church, is the Holy Spirit has revealed to me this mystery of salvation with everyone who would believe and accept Jesus Christ. So he gets us to that point and he says, now, therefore, now that you know about that, let me encourage you, walk worthy. Walk worthy of a calling which you were called. See, because when we really understand what God did for us, what Jesus did on our behalf, it's natural to just want to serve him. It's natural to want to obey him, not out of obligation, but out of gratitude because we're thankful. And we don't walk worthy with God so that he will love us because he already does love us. There's nothing more that we can ever do for the rest of our life that will ever get God to love us more than he loves us today. And there's nothing more worse that you could do for the rest of your life that will ever get God to love you less because that's not who he is. He's love and he loves us. And we need to move from a place of gratitude and shift it to a place of responsibility. And the obligation doesn't come with serving Lord, serving God so that we can earn points with him. The obligation comes so that we can be example to the generations that follow us. The Bible says to imitate me as I imitate Christ. That means follow my example, follow my ways, follow my leading. See God in me. That is our obligation. And not just generations in our lineage, but generations in our community, generations in our nation. Amen? And there's characteristics to this call. And we see it here in verse 2 and 3. With all loneliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. And let me say this. A worthy walk before God requires us to be humble to be patient, and to be graceful with one another. With one another. I know that's not an easy thing to do, is it? To be patient. Patient isn't just enduring someone's attitude or someone's shortcoming. It's to, to be patient and do it in a good attitude. Amen? Amen. And to diligently keep the unity within us through the bond of peace. That's why Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says to make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Make every effort to pursue peace because without holiness, they will not see the Lord. They will not see the Lord. Are you still here with me? Amen. And there's hope of the calling and that's unity. It's funny because here's Connect Sunday, right? We're a church and we have programs, right? There's quotas that we have to fill, right? We got to get all these seats filled, don't we? I'm going to tell you this. I'm not interested in filling seats. I'm interested in filling people with the love of God. I'm not interested in just filling clipboards full of names just so we can say, look what we did. We were able to get 54% of the church enrolled into connect groups. No. I want to see people meeting in homes being transformed by the power of God. 
being witnesses to their neighbors. Not just surviving in their marriages, but striving in their marriages. So I said, God, here I am. I have to preach a message on connection, but you keep leading me to unity. What's going on here? And the Lord said this, son, you can't have connection without unity. I mean, you can have some counterfeit type of connection without unity, but not the connection where I'm flowing from. So what type of unity are we talking about? The hope of this call. There's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. And we have unity because of what we share in common. What we share in common in each of these common areas are far greater than any potential difference that can ever exist. I am so proud right now because I have my daughter sitting in the front row. I always talk about her, but she's here today. And we have this little chessboard that we play at home, right, honey? It's a Red Sox and Yankees chessboard. <laughs> and most of the people that are laughing today are laughing because they know I'm, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> So I was born in Boston, and that is my team. Um, for about five or six years, the Lord called us to New York. That was pre-Ariana. Ariana was born in New York. So her favorite team is the Yankees. <laughs> and if you know anything about Major League Baseball, the Red Sox and the Yankees are good friends. they really don't get along together. They're a rivalry, right? But can I tell you that even in this cute example, that my relationship and my bond with my daughter is far greater than any rivalry that man has put together, any competition that could be on earth. It's worth more than than any award or any trophy that's going to rust and be destroyed because my treasure is in heaven. With my relationship with her, the call that's on my life to be an example for her. And we're all called because we're all a part of one body. The common faith that we have in Jesus is greater than the uncommon issues that we have in the world. And it sickens me. I'm just going to go there today. It's in my green notes and the green notes are either you you, you say it or you don't, but I'm just going to say it. It sickens me when we get around election season. Because the church gets divided. And we forget that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of our life. We forget that he's the chief cornerstone. We forget that he's the Lord of all. He's the King of Kings. And we look at our ballots and we say, because that person doesn't vote like me, then I'm going to trash them on social media. Or because that person doesn't have the same color skin that I have, then maybe I just won't be around them. Or they don't have the same accent that I do. They don't dress the way that I do. They don't listen to what I listen to. 
And we get caught up because a house divided will not stand. And this church will not be that house that will not stand. And the reason why we have connect groups is so that we can live in community. Community is broken up in two words, common unity. Amos 3.3 says, how can any two walk together unless they agree? And I'm going to tell you something. You get caught up with all that stuff from the world. I mean, you watch the news. I haven't watched the news in a long time because of the same stuff. Natural disaster, bashing the president, and pushing an agenda. I put the news on lately. Natural disaster, bashing the president, and an agenda. And they're just feeding us and feeding us and feeding us. We need to break away from that and we need to come and connect together. Is that okay? I remember in the Bible in John chapter 4 where where Jesus is walking through Samaria. Um, He's walking through a town and, and, and there's a well there. The Samaritan woman. Jesus says, can I have a drink? She said, what are you doing even talking to me? We're not even supposed to be talking. First of all, you're a guy and I'm a a girl. So you're crossing that boundary. Second of all, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. You're crossing that boundary. And what does Jesus say in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter uh, chapter 12, verse 13? He says, for we're all baptized by one spirit as from one body whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. Doesn't matter what your background looks like. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. We need to leave that at the door. In fact, we need to just get that out of our hearts altogether. We can't get caught up in all that. Because when we do, we're not humble. We're not patient. We're not gentle, graceful. None of you do this, but we're not getting upset with the person in front of us because they're not making a left-hand turn when no one's really coming down 441. You're like, hello? None of of y'all do that. I might do that. I try not to do that, but I do sometimes. So let me ask you this question, then why is there a call? Do we understand that we have a call? So why is there a call? Verse 11 says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? Why is there a call? For what? For this. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come together, I'm sorry, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of son, the knowledge of the son of God. Edifying the body so that we could be united with faith and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. See that word equipping there, it has the idea of putting something right. It has an idea of, of, of bones that are broken and, and, and putting them back together. It's like mending nets that there's a tear in. But this comes from equipping saints. This doesn't come from the pastor. This doesn't come 
from the teacher. This doesn't come from the evangelist or the prophet when we have guest speakers. It comes from all of us. Who are the saints? We are the body of Christ. That's why we have discovery classes. Starting next week, we have Discovery One, the basics of Christianity. Class is filling up, but there's still room. It's so that we can be equipped, so that we can learn what this is really saying, so that we can learn how to take what's in here and allow it to be truth in our hearts. Because once it gets in our hearts, man, it comes out of our feet and our hands and and, and what we say and and what we hear. and, And we begin to have a proper, accurate, biblical worldview. And we don't get caught up in all that division that keeps coming our way. I just want to take this time to say thank you. Thank you to our greeters and our ushers, our nursery workers, our kids church leaders and our youth leaders and our young adult leaders, every connect group leader. Every person back there in the sound room that they only get attention when something goes wrong. Thank you. Thank you for, for people that come in and that clean the church. Thank you for, 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 those that, for, for those that give. Because that's the church. That's real ministry. Thank you to the worship team. That get to, they, they work hard all week preparing So that Sunday comes and they just, man, they make it easy for us to enter into the presence of God. That is ministry. That is the works of ministry. This up here, this is just 20 to 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's a part of it, but it's not all of it. Thank you. Can we give a hand to every single person that volunteers in our church? Thank you. Thank you. I sincerely mean that. I don't know why I get all emotional when I get up here sometimes, but my heart is just full because the truth is, church, church isn't about people being tools. The only tools in, in the Bible are, are the pastors and the leaders. We're, we're the tools. My heart is I want to see each and every one of you fulfill what God's called you to do. I want you to be free. I want you to live in freedom, the freedom that that God has for you, the, the freedom that Jesus died for. I want you to answer that call and to reach those people, reach those business people, reach those people in the plazas, reach those people in your workplace, reach those people in your school and in your community. That's what this is about. This is just a little hoorah going into the week. Church starts tomorrow and it goes through the rest of the week and we'll see you back next week and we'll give you another hoorah but church starts tomorrow, Monday through Saturday. Don't forget Sunday because there's still people that need Jesus on Sunday, right? See, when every part and every joint provides what it can supply in a coordinated effort, when this happens, the church naturally grows. 
both in size and in strength. And when I say the church, I don't mean Grace Chapel. I mean the church. Thank God for those big mega churches that can reach those people. Thank God for that little church out in the Western community that's reaching five people. And thank God every church in between. Because even if we had every single church right now filled up to capacity, there's still not enough room for every single person in Palm Beach County to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. I urge you to walk worthy of the call that you have received. Because Christ is the head and we are the body. Joined and knit together. It's not a pyramid. It's not some train that we're driving and you can just choose to get on and get off when you want. God wants to see the church as a body where every single person, every single person, every single person, every single part does its share. How many of you are so thankful and grateful that we had a very, very quiet August in regards to storms. Praise God for that. We didn't have to use any of these this month. We get all huddled up. We collect our our batteries. Sometimes you show up too late and they're all out. Well, these are always there. It's these that and the other C's and the D's, they go first, right? And so many times when, when, when it's us four and no more, we just focus on surviving on our own strength. And our own ability, our, our little double A size strength, or our nine volt size strength. But can I encourage you what God wants to see? Give me a second. This is what God wants us to tap into, church. He doesn't want us to just use our our, our flashlights. He wants us to tap into this as one body, one family. That's why we get connected, right? He's not interested in us just having a little bit of life in our room. He's interested in lighting up communities. He's interested in allowing his light to shine through us. He wants lights to shine in Wellington and in Royal Palm. He wants lights to shine in Green Acres, in West Palm, in Lake Worth, and wherever you're called to be. He wants schools to be lit up. I, Alex... A servant of God. I beseech you. I encourage you. I beg you to live a life worthy of that calling. So that you can allow his light to shine where you've been called to live. But we have to live 
the calling together. Can we give God some praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, this thing is huge. <laughs> Should have seen me and Jeff trying to lift this thing up on this week, but uh, it's not about my story or, or what I do. At this time, I'm, I'm going to have you hear stories from other people, if that's okay. In fact, let me just kind of get this out of the way, right? But at this time, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to ask Joan Sinnott to come, and I just want her to share. Can you welcome Joan as she comes? I can do this. I don't want to get tangled up. No, you're good. You're good. Thank you. Okay, good morning. Uh, my name is Joan Sinnott. Uh, my husband, David, my two daughters, Victoria and Alexandria, and my grandson, Landon, have been attending Grace Chapel for the last five years, as long as you all have been here. Um, and um, we really enjoy everything here, all the spirit that we feel. About three years ago... Um, I listened to Pastor Brian, Pastor Alex. I don't think you were here yet. Maybe it was longer than three years. I don't know. But anyway, um, I listened to the message right before the semester started. And I'm thinking, hmm, if I go really fast, I can get past all those tables and I won't have to sign up. But something was telling me, you need, you need more. You need more. So I took the challenge, and I was thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to squeeze this into my busy life? I have a very demanding job. It takes a lot of my time. Two daughters and grandchildren take a lot of time, but you know what? You, you just, God didn't put us on this earth to be alone. So I felt as though I needed more. So, I signed up with Miss Sylvia's group, and I'm so glad I did. It really has changed my life. It's brought me closer in my Christian walk. It's helped me to um, just be with my sisters, have encouragement with each other. We study, we pray, we encourage each other because life happens. And when it comes, you need that core group of people Amen. that can really lift you up and pray with you Amen. and be with you. Uh, I'm just so thankful for these, this connect group I'm in and um, really stepping out in faith this year because I'm going to, me and Kathy Carpenter are going to start a small group in Wellington. So, I, I really challenge each one of you to step out of your comfort zone. Forget about the distractions. They'll always be there. Work will be there tomorrow. 
And what's most important is really reaching out and touching people in this community. So thank you all. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask Ram Praswad to come on up. Ram, Ram, Ram. That was my Boston accent, Ram. There's no Ram. Ram, come on up. Welcome Ram as he comes. Good morning, church. You're the light of the world. What does light do? It dispels darkness. The Bible says you're the salt of the earth. What the salt does? It adds flavor to the world. That's what God calls us to do. Amen? Amen. Unity, Pastor Alex. The importance of unity was important in the early church in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 and verse 32. Verse 42. It says, They continue steadfastly in the apostle doctrine, in breaking of bread, in prayer, and meeting house to house with one another. That's how the church grew. And the Lord added to the church daily, the scripture says. Amen? So um, I guess Alex wants me to introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ram Prasad. I've been attending Grace Fellowship here for the past four years with my wife, Veronica, my two daughters, Christina, Jessica, and my son, Timothy. I am originally from British Guyana in South America. 35 years ago, I gave my heart to the Lord. In a small tent crusade, in a small village in British Guyana. If you don't know where Guyana is, it's the northern coast of the Atlantic in South America. We border Brazil, Venezuela. You heard of Jim Jones before, right? Most of you. He put us on the map. That's the country I'm from. So 35 years, I was 18 years old. I gave my heart to the Lord. We've migrated to the United States, and I serve him faithfully. We came to Florida a few years ago, and I was looking for a church. It took me a few years, Pastor Alex, but thank God a fine grace chapel. They have accepted me into their hearts, and I'm so glad to be a part of this fellowship here in Grace Chapel. Go ahead. Connect group. Connect group. One decision that has a profound effect on my life that has influenced me profoundly is a decision I made when I was a young Christian 35 years ago to attend a small group. I got saved. They told me that unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So coming from a Hindu background, I was looking for satisfaction in life. So I give my heart to the Lord. But then when I give my heart to the Lord, they had something called follow-up meeting. They said, Ram, you need to be water baptized. No, I'm confused. I don't know what to say. You see, I came from a broken home. When I was 13 years old, my parents were separated. And so by the time I get to age 18, I was confused. I give my heart to the Lord. I got saved. I received Jesus. But now they're telling me that you need to be water baptized. I said, what is water baptism? So that small group that I attended explained to me. I had guys who took me under their wing and mentored me. 
Nitomi Rem is an outward expression of something that God has done internally with you. So I got water baptism. Then they told me about baptism with the Holy Ghost. I'm like, baptism with the Holy Ghost? What is that? And then they said, you have to be, you have to have the baptism with the Holy Ghost with evidence in speaking in tongues. I'm like, is that another language? So once again, the small connect group, Pastor Alex, took me under their wings and mentored me and told me about the importance of being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, it says, Jesus says, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Peter spent three years under the Lord's ministry, but he was never the man God intended him to be. It was only after Peter got baptism with the Holy Ghost, he got on fire for the Lord. So what did I do? I went and I said, I want this Holy Ghost thing. I want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I got it. And the reason why I got it, I owe it to the guys who mentored me in a small group meeting. Amen. So I want to encourage you today. I want to tell you that connect group is very important. If you want to influence this world for Christ, if you want to be in unity like Pastor Alex says, if you want to, if you are going to cultivate a meaningful, lasting, and deep relationship with each other and with Christ your Lord, you need to get connected. Amen? Amen. So today I want to encourage you. Connect group has been a lot to me. I am the man I am today because I started with a small group. They encouraged me. They mentor me. Mentoring came from the Old Testament. Mentoring starts with Jethro mentoring his son-in-law, Moses. He taught him how to delegate. Jonathan had David. Barnabas took Saul on. on the road to Damascus and mentored him. Amen? Ruth had Naomi. Who do you have? That's good. I encourage you, get connected. God bless you. Amen. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for my connect group leader that reached out to me when I caught an offense at church. I said, I'm not going back. Bunch of hypocrites. They say one thing, they do another. He would call me. I'd ignore his calls. He would text me and text me and didn't give up on me because I had someone in my life looking out for me. I'm connected today. And I believe that now we're answering the call of God in our life. So I believe the same is for you. 